Everybody, this is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast, alongside my partner in crime, John LaRocca. John, we have a new Facebook group that you and I have been kind of uh, posting to and inviting folks and, and kind of getting people you know, into some good wrestling conversation, and I, I figured we would talk about that first because it's kind of been a little bit of a, um, of a passion of mine, uh, I, you know, I my career has been in uh, sort of community, online community, and which is kind of like, you know, we think of it as social media today. It, it was sort of a, 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 an original form of social media. But uh, we have a Facebook group. People can join it. Just search for uh, the Fight, uh, fight Game podcast um, in in your Facebook and, and search for groups. But, um, you know, it's kind of, I mean, we've been watching like all these crazy matches. You've been posting matches. We're trying to introduce people to stuff that is just not just WWE. Uh, I feel like it's right, it's right in your lane of of your wrestling fandom here. So I wanted uh, I enjoy it, but I know that that you're also been enjoying it too. Yeah, no, it's been fun. Uh, I'm kind of taking the role of like putting up matches. <laughs> On the on the on the group, so it's fun because I like to introduce people to like some alternatives to like a lot of people just know they watch Japanese wrestling, but to them it's just it's just New Japan, right? But there's a lot of other really 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 good wrestling out there, especially in Japan. So you know, throw some wrestle one on there, throw some no on there, and uh, I hope people in the group check it out, and I hope they become new fans of it, and I'll be posting a lot more matches to the the group you know going forward and some old classics too which would be a lot of fun so i will link the group in the uh in the show i guess well i don't even know they call them show notes is basically when you upload the podcast (laughs) you have a feed and you you put a little description of the show in the feed so i'll put i'll put the group in the feed if people are interested um you know we we've posted about it on um on our social medias, I will pin our group to the Fight Game blog uh, Twitter feed, uh, just so you know, so many people can 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 join in. And and you know, the cool thing about it is there are tons of Facebook groups out there, a lot of wrestling Facebook groups out there. Um, you know, ours is can be fun, but you know, it's a little bit more on the serious side. You know, it's more about news and like really good matches and really good discussions. Um, and you know, there, there's a meme group for everything, right? We're not going to be too much about that stuff, but you know, if you want to have fun, you know, you can have fun. But the other thing that I wanted to do with this group is, you know, I know lots of people are creating content out there. People are doing podcasts, Mm -hmm. you know, like us, people are, are, are right doing, you know, some writing. I really need to get back on that. I haven't been writing at all, except for like writing recaps and stuff. But um, yeah, you know, I also wanted it to be a place where people feel comfortable to share their stuff so they can get some feedback. Um, 
uh, our, our uh, my my old buddy from the uh, from the F4W Empire, Daza, uh, aka Darren. He posted something about Invicta. Like, how many people are writing Invicta previews? Like, not even you know the not even the MMA journalists are writing too much about Invicta these days. So he posted that. I thought that was really cool. Um, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a super fan of Invicta, and and that and that's kind of you know the thing that I'm looking for when when people post in there. Um, so I was I was happy to see that. And then you know we'll 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 link to our podcast too, and hopefully down the line, you know, as you get more people who are interested in the podcast, you know, we could do Q and A stuff. We could ask, you know, what anything you guys want to talk about um, and stuff like that. So I think it's really cool to have. So uh, if you are interested, just search for it. You know, join it. Uh, you know, we're going to be accepting to everybody. You know, I will have a. Um, you know, a, a, a limit though on on kind of trolling kind of behavior. Nobody really has fun with that stuff. So th- that's you know, uh, yeah. as long as you're not you know being disrespectful or you know just cursing up a storm and you know picking fights with folks. Like everybody, everybody can join. Uh, and, you know, as long as you're a fan of wrestling, MMA, or, or boxing, that's kind of what our focus is. So. Uh, just wanted to get that out of the way, and we can uh, we can pick up on on uh, a lot of news because there has been some news in the last yeah. two days. I joked with uh, Big Dave; uh, we did kind of an impromptu Wrestling Observer Radio, and I told him I said, you know, when I first started reading the Observer, I just wondered like how much wrestling news could there possibly be for this to be a full time writing job, and then on days like yesterday. Like he he needed like three people. He needed like to to like to clone himself two different times because there was so much stuff going on. And so we we kind of well, did. Think, think, think about how many times our sushi night got canceled. <laughs> some some news breaking. Unfortunately, we were on a roll of famous wrestler dying. Yeah. You know, every time we were playing sushi night, someone would die. So we're kind of worried about planning another sushi night again for a little while. I know. I know. It but, was like, uh, yeah, it was like, but yeah, it was like Piper and, uh, Snooka and Dusty. Dusty. Yeah. It was, it was crazy there for a little while. Uh, but, uh, but I know you wanted to talk about the last minute Daniel Bryan WWE championship title change. Uh, mm-hmm. he beat AJ on SmackDown and I, I think it actually got a lot of people to to watch SmackDown because it's sometimes it's like, you know, this this show that people skip. Like you could tell the ratings, you know, Raw still draws more, even though SmackDown is a much more entertaining show. Uh, but I think a lot, I think a lot more people watch that show because they, you know, they sensed something was going on. And uh, and Daniel Bryan, you know, turns heel and walks out with a championship and is going to face Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series. Like it was kind of a, a crazy situation there last night. Yeah, I I love the post. I forget who posted it, but in their Facebook group, and someone says, "Oh, this is the beating that day of Brian was supposed to get in 2004." <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that was that that was a great line. Um, yeah, I I'm kind of head scratching on this one. I mean, I don't think I thought it was just I thought after this long run from AJ's having to have it happen on a random SmackDown, just seemed kind of desperate. Um, maybe they don't want AJ to lose two years in a row to Brock. That's like they had to have this plan. I mean, they had to have some kind of alternative. Plan. I don't know. It just seems weird. Plus, Daniel Bryan, I think on his on his end, smart to go heel because they weren't doing really much of them as a babyface. But here, I mean, he's gonna be 
cheered anyways, right? I mean, is he really going to be hated? Is he a lot of heat? I don't think so. Daniel Bryan's just too popular. People are going to cheer him. That's going to make him hotter than he, you know, probably was before. Not, not as hot when he's, of course, doing the yes, 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 that, that part. But, you know, I mean, it's going to be hotter than when he was just doing that baby face, losing to the Miz, right? So he's, he's definitely in better position. I didn't really like the execution of the teal turn. I thought, like, okay, so he kicks him low, and then he, like, acts all shocked, like, oh, my God, I kicked him. You know, like, I did it, you know? Like, it just didn't seem – and then he got all serious, and then he, like, then he you know, hits the big uh, the big running knee and pins him. I just don't see, like, if you're going to kick a guy low, like, you're going to kick him low. Like, you have full intention to kick him low. Like, it's not like he shocked himself that he did it. I just didn't think that was – I didn't think that was cool. I don't know. I, just, I thought that was kind of lame. What do you think about it? So here's what here's what we're gonna miss, right? Because there should be a little bit of confusion coming out of something like that. And then next week on SmackDown, Daniel Bryan does the ten minute interview explaining himself. Right? No. That's what we're not gonna get because he's gonna go into Sunday and he's gonna have to get you know tossed on his head uh, by Brock Lesnar. And so then when he comes back on Tuesday. And he does that interview again, you know, if he does that interview, it probably is not going to mean as much because we'll have just seen him probably lose, you know, and and, and maybe like uh, Uriah in, in, in the in the Facebook group said, you know, you know, take the beating that he was supposed to take in 2014. Uh, I I've been trying to keep up with Smackdown mostly because of him. Just to, just to, just to see how his character's going because you know if we if we go all the way back to WrestleMania of this year, sort of what you said, which is the reason to go heel is because um, you know WWE can't book baby faces for shit. Um, yeah, it's smart because he'll have so much more freedom as a heel now. Chris Jericho on his podcast always talks about how when he uh, you know it's so much harder to be babyface. Uh, and he, you know, he says you have so much more, and, and Austin says it too. You have so much more freedom as a heel and as a baby face, you're, you're sort of like, you know, you can only do so many things. So for Daniel Bryan, from a creativity standpoint, I think going heel is, is going to be great for him. He's also, a, you know, he's also pretty smart in that he knows that, you know, if he's going to have any fun with this stuff, uh, and, and, and maybe it'll change his booking. Cause I mean, you know, we've seen how he's been booked, which hasn't been super strong as, as you would book, you know, they, I mean, they had a, they had a perfect story handed to them on a silver platter for his comeback and they just dropped the ball at literally every step. Yeah. And so, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe he will have a little bit more, uh, freedom to, to do, to do what he wants here. But the problem, so the, the reason why I mentioned that is because there's been some frustration with him, um, just his character, like Daniel Bryan. So, so uh, last week on SmackDown, when they when they were in the UK, he and the Miz were these co-captains of the of of this team. So he was basically Miz's foil for the whole night, and and they're so good together. You know, that when when they get to do skits together, they're they're so polar opposite that it's great. Um, and, and there was a lot of joking around and goofy. So, uh, when he came out on Tuesday to talk to AJ, he definitely came out bothered. I mean, he even cut down Shane, right? He was like, 
thank you for saying that you are not the best in the world. Um, and so when they when they do, you know, that there there was a little bit of like edge to him to come out on, on Tuesday, and then and then he basically told AJ, he said, "Look, you know, let we have an agreement. I respect you. Just keep my name out of your mouth." And when he said that, I was like, "Huh." That's kind of a heelish thing to say. Now, I didn't know what was going to happen because I was watching live, but um, but that was kind of the the small impetus for what was going to happen. You know, the foreshadowing for what was going to happen because then AJ kind of was a little snarky back, and then he just punched AJ right in the face, and then they went after it. And Shane was actually mad at Daniel Bryan and not at AJ at the beginning of the show. So that kind of laid the groundwork and. When he kicked AJ low, it was almost like, to me, what it, what what Daniel Bryan's expression was was, oh shit, I really did go that far, right? Now the problem is we just not gonna, we're just not going to get the explanation, and that's unfortunate because I think we need that in order for it to make sense. But that was my, that was the way that I looked at it. Now you know I could be off, but that's just the way that I saw it. So. I- I just think he should have owned it. Like, if you're going to turn, like, ref bump, you go before, you kick him low, and then you pin him, you know, like, you don't, like, you don't go, oh, my God, I just, did I really do that? Just, 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 didn't really fit. Like, if you're going to get some heat, like, kick him low, cover him for the pin, let AJ be, like, holding his nuts in this, in the fetal position, and, mm-hmm. you know, that's, I think it just needs to be a little more, dirty i mean low blows dirty enough but like just the way it was executed i think it was executed wrong you know mm-hmm. that's that's what i had a problem with it um i think it'd be kind of cool to see <laughs> i don't know if i don't know if, what you think about this but i think it's kind of cool to see like a heel like twosome of the miz and daniel bryan mm-hmm. um i think it'd be cool to see the wives together and then you can there's so much i was just thinking about this today i'm kind of way home today and I was thinking like there's so much they could do with that with the wives getting along them getting along with the wives bickering each other then the men have to bicker with each other then it kind of goes you know you kind of keep teasing it right throughout the whole year mm-hmm. and finally you know either Miz turns babyface or Daniel probably best Daniel Bryan turns babyface out of it but uh, I think I mean, at least with the WWE they can you know they have the video production to do like some cool vignettes and Gets outside the ring with with that scenario, you know that they could pull it off. So and I, I, I think it'd be kind of interesting. But so, I, so I don't know, uh, what, what do you think about that? So that that's exactly what I thought last night too. When I was uh, when I did the show with Big Dave, um, I the the other thing about this is when you know maybe from the thoughtfulness perspective, uh, according to uh, to Big Dave on the on that show that we did last night, he said that. While the decision to have Daniel Bryan beat AJ was decided over the weekend, they didn't decide until Tuesday morning that they were going to actually do the heel turn. So there, it could have been just that you know they didn't have a ton of time to plan, and thus because you know when you just decide to turn a guy in one day, like where's the five weeks of Daniel Bryan giving us teases that he's going to turn heel, right? And then, and and so that's missing, but, um, but yeah, so, so those are, you know, those two things were, were kind of just like last minute things. 
And the other thing that uh, Big Dave said is the the whole reason, you know, some of it may have been they didn't want AJ to lose twice in a row, but the whole reason was literally Vince, like, just wanting to shake shit up because things are kind of lackadaisical. And so, like, you know, that that's that's the reason. Like, you know, when people were wondering, like, what's the reason? You know, we talked about that last night. And, um, and, and so that, that, there you go. Like, that's kind right. of how things happen. I don't know what Vince is. Yeah, a lot of times you just don't know how Vince is going to be when he walks in the office, right? Sometimes he's just like, shit, we're going to change things up. Like you said, like he's done that many times where just all of a sudden there's a, a complete shift in the direction. And we'll, and we'll see what, you know, how it goes, how long he runs with this. And, and I hope Daniel Bryan's successful as a, a heel champion. I, I hope he gets. I don't think he will, and it's not this day and age with the fans. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think he's just gonna get cheered more. But, so, uh, so, do you think him? I don't know, w- I, what if he did side with the Miz, like you said? Do you think he could sustain? You know, could could being with the Miz, you know, get him booed? I think they might be too cool together, honestly. <laughs> you know, like in a, in a in a way, like they'll be so entertaining, they'll be get, they'll end up being popular pretty quick. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the Miz is kind of like this kind of dorky goof. It'll be like and, uh, you know, it, it'll be like Austin and Angle from uh, like yeah, exactly. That's, or whatever. Exact, that's exactly that's exactly what I thought about when um, I was thinking about this. I'm like, this can kind of like a throwback to Austin and Angle situation you know where like you know you got daniel bryan he's like the vegan and just <laughs> doesn't really care about money or you have like the miz and reese all about money but like the wives get along they get along but also like they also like can be catty you know and all this stuff yeah just, you know, kind of be some really funny like segments and then you can think oh they're gonna break up they don't and they kind of keep you kind of kind of milk that for a while i think and then um Maybe a good a good eight to nine months or a year, definitely. All right, you're hired. You you get to go write those segments for SmackDown now. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be fun. Um, okay, so when it comes to the match with Brock this Sunday, I'm a little worried, and I'm worried not that Daniel Bryan is not going to be able to get something compelling or entertaining out of Brock. But just that there is some, you know, you want to get a little bit of length out of this. You know, you just did a title change on TV, which doesn't happen very often. You just had one of your top baby faces turn heel, which, you know, so that that probably happens a little bit more than 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 not. But you get you, you want to get a little bit of length out of this. And if Brock comes out and beats Daniel Ryan in five minutes, it almost makes uh, you know, what just happened a little less meaningful. So what what would you do here if you were, you know, in charge or what ideas would you have for them to, to be able to, to do something good with this match? Well, what's the, we got to figure out what's the, what's the direction for Brock back of this. Is it Strowman still, right? I would assume Strowman's going to come after him, right? They're going to have another match. I, I would, I, Strowman. I would assume that as well. You can do something where Strowman comes out and costs Brock the match, and then Dan Bryan just kind of lays over Brock and gets the pin after he's being laid out by Strowman. You can do a multiple-person thing or a bunch of people interfere, kind of like a Bret Hart Diesel thing from, like, 
94, 95, or that was, and then like kind of have, you know, Drew McIntyre involved, other people involved, kind of like the whole big thing, and AJ involved. Um, it's a tough one. I, I always assume that the Strowman Stro- would come out and cost Rock a match. You know, mm-hmm. there's no titles online, so it doesn't matter. You know, mm-hmm. if he loses, that's why I always figured it was going to happen originally, but maybe do something like that. And then have, but then the next show is what? Uh, TLC, right? Yeah, but it doesn't. Yeah, okay. It doesn't look like Lesnar's going to be on it. But it does look like maybe Daniel Bryan and AJ will be on that show. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, they're <laughs> they're an interesting pickle here. We'll see what they come up with. Uh, I'm a little worried about Daniel Bryan's health in this match. Mm-hmm. Brock is known to what well, we saw in Raw, right? Oh I my God! Pick pick up a dude and chuck him, you know, and, and drop on his head like poor Sunil Singh twice. And it was funny because he protected the brother. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, maybe uh, Sunil just, you know, he threw, jumped back. He over, he jumped too much. And I don't know. It was just, it was, it was nasty. I just, I just worry about Daniel Bryan taking something on top of his head. Because yeah. all it takes is one bad, nasty bump to put him back, put him back on the shelf again. And, what, what do you think? Of, kind of, what do you think about the back suplex from the top rope? Um, you know, when I watched it wasn't too bad. He kinda angled himself. It wasn't like he was falling. I know as he protected himself on that, he kinda angled his body a little bit, so it didn't look too bad, but you also don't want to keep doing that again. I know he's cut out the top rope headbutt. Thankfully. Which is good. But uh that's that's you know, it's it's funny because that's to be one of my favorite high flying moves. I mean I just love the flying headbutt from Dynamite Kid to the Barbarian to oh, Chris yeah. Benoit. Oh yeah. And and now, now, like God, it's like it's done so much damage to guys. Like even Harley Race would, you know, tell people not to do it, and he was only doing the little slow flopper up the second, or, or something he got the top. But a lot of times, it was mostly up the second, or just a standing one, right? And he, his neck was thrashed for just from doing those kind of headbutts. Yeah. And, and look it's, at Benoit was coming down all full force and just slamming his head into guys. So you know, same thing with Daniel Bryan before that, or after that. So. Yeah, I just I just kind of worry about the health. That's what I'm, I'm probably going to be cringing a lot during that match. I'm sure I will. I sure will be. I like your idea about Braun interfering because that was what I was hoping they were going to do with the AJ match was that you might see a little bit of uh, Brock Lesnar and Eddie Guerrero from, you know, 2004 where yeah, Goldberg yeah, comes exactly. in, you know, and, and, and ha- helps Eddie win. And in this sense, you know, Strowman comes in and then, you know, the little guy gets to win. Now, it would suck if it was kind of like a fluky thing. But then again, Daniel Bryan's a heel, so he can win by fluke, right? Um, yeah, exactly. But, uh, but yeah, and then he could crow on SmackDown for years that he beat Brock Lesnar. Like, that. Like I would love to see him do that. Um, uh, just, you know, just like Jericho would, would use the, uh, that he beat The Rock and Stone Cold on the same night, like in every promo when yeah. he was a heel. Um, so yeah, so I, I hope that they do something like that. I do, I do wonder, um, how Vince would see that just being that, you know, he knows Brock is his ace in the hole and, and do you want to beat your ace in the hole, especially if you're getting him, you know, ready for whatever's next for, for Brock, you know, if Roman comes back or maybe they do give Strowman a a little bit of a run or maybe it's Drew McIntyre or Seth or whatever it is. Uh, I, I just I, I wonder if he'd be open to it, but I, I hope so because I think, 
you know, when you have uh, someone like Daniel Bryan, who's going to be on SmackDown as you move to Fox next year, uh, you know, you want you want some of these guys to stand out rather than what we generally see today, which is everyone is really just on the same level. Um, it, it would be nice to see some of these guys break out. Um, yeah, well, this is the this is the problem with Survivor Series now. They're trying. They all, they're now they're making it just a brand versus brand thing, and then they they just kind of paint themselves in the corner with their booking because you know there's no need to have eight or you know AJ at the time as champion versus Brock the Raw champion. There's no need for that. There's no need for Becky to wrestle Ronda. You know that was scheduled. So there's just, just no need. Like the pay per view is. <laughs> Not going to be affected by it, you know. what I mean, it just. I mean, I, I think it's cool. You have a Raw team versus a SmackDown team. That makes sense. I like the idea of the tag teams versus the, you know, there's a women's thing. But like, other than that, though, you could like you know, have title matches on there to kind of spice things up, you know. And 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 you know, I just think they instead of putting yourself in a corner, putting yourself in the corner with with this because you have to do the brand versus brand thing. I just think it's, it's pointless. It's just like stupid. Um, Hell in a Cell pay per view. Like, mm-hmm. It comes around, you have to force some force some Hell in a Cell match, you know, a program between some guys before it's even ready. It's just, it's just like I don't know why they 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 put themselves in that position. It just doesn't make doesn't make sense. Like let it come out organically when you need it. Then you do a Hell in a Cell. Then you do a ladder match. Then you do a TLC match. You know, etc. You know, it's just I don't know why they they feel like these. These branded pay per views are just—they—they they need to do them. They don't—they don't need to do them anymore. They—they they have full control now. You know, People, yeah. The network, you know, just—just—just just, just doesn't make sense, and it puts so much stress on the writing team. You know, yeah, yeah. To come up with this, these scenarios and to fit these matches that they're just not ready for. You know. So, what do you think of Stone Cold Becky Lynch? Like she was. I mean, I don't know if you can really be on fire in, in today's day and age, you know, when, when uh, you know, not that many people are watching, but, you know, to the, um, to the hardcores, she was getting way over. She was doing some really mm-hmm. good promos. She's got a great foil in Ronda. And then uh, Nia Jax uh, just popped her right in the face and broke her nose and gave her a concussion. <laughs> like, um, yeah, wow. There, there. So, okay. So here, here's here's what I thought about it. Um, here's here's what I thought about because someone brought this up to me. They said, "Is is uh, does that make Nia Owen Hart? Because remember when Austin was right about coming into his character." Then Owen Hart screwed up that pile driver, and Austin was out for a little while. But in that sense, it made his character so much hotter because he would just come in, cut promos, beat up people, and leave. And he like it. It helped his character. It really didn't hurt him to be on the shelf. Becky is obviously going to be out of this Ronda Rousey match now for uh, for Summer Sl- or Survivor Series. But it sounds like the long-term plan is for them to hold off and do this match at WrestleMania. So sort of like a gift and a curse here where, you know, the the, the fans who are like, oh, I really wanted to see this match. Now they're going to have to wait five more months, which should be good for the hype as long as they can keep Becky hot, right? Exactly. I mean, Becky, originally, my, 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 my main event was going to be Charlotte. 
move on to, right? Yep. But Becky is just hotter right now. And that seems to be the best scenario now. Now, can they keep her hot? That's the key. What they do to keep her hot? I'm curious to see because, you know, right now she just on her own got hot, you know, like with her promos and she found this, like, I'm the man thing. I think it's pretty interesting. And, uh, <laughs> like, she, she's, like, on fire right now. She's straight fire, like she likes to say. So, but oh, can they keep it up? Because that's five months as long is a long time away. And and we've seen them screw up some yeah. stuff pretty quickly. So, I, you know, but I think that they should, they, what they're going to do, I think, would be bring Shayna up to a few with Becky, leading mm-hmm. to that match with, Ronda, I mean that that could be an option. Like you know, Ronda's a babyface. Shayna's a a heel in XT. And what if she just wants to go kick? You know, what if Shayna comes up to kick Becky's ass? Even though Ronda's not a heel, but you know Shayna, you know she just she's there to kick her, you know, support her friend and kick her ass, you mm-hmm. know, kick her your opponent's ass. So you could do something like that. Um, I still think they're going to keep Shane down a little longer because of the, you know, they think they want to do the full horsewoman, the horsewoman gimmick down there. But, you know, like I said, things change and they might pull an audible and bring her up sooner. Even all three, all three of them sooner, you know, they can, you know, Becky, I think Becky's baby face right now. I think coming out of this, she's going to be a bigger baby face, right? I mean, people already want to treat her like a baby face and treat her like a baby face. So I think she's just, now you got to go with it. That's what you see with. Yeah. Does Naya switch over? I'm sure that's going to happen. I, th- you know, I think there. Are, I mean, there. I think I've even seen on Twitter some little back and forth between <laughs> Becky and Naya. You know, which is smart. You know, go with it. You know, go with what they what's out there, what they're giving you. So you, you know what and I you know what I love big, what I love about that Twitter stuff is, um, <laughs> like, everyone everyone knows like this is what wrestling is, right? But for whatever reason, they get so sucked into the Twitter promos. And it's just like, it's just like, I mean, which is good, right? Because it means the Twitter stuff is working. I just laugh because uh, people think, I mean, I hope they don't think that stuff is real. But when Becky Lynch cuts into Ronda not being able to take a punch in the UFC, like we know that that's that's kind of what you know why Ronda went into the shell, right? It's because of all the negativity she couldn't deal with it. So now you know mm. she's allowing Becky to use that stuff, and the fans are just buying it, which again is great. I just wonder if you know they think it. I, I hope they don't think it's like real, and that you know Becky's able to take shots at Ronda without Ronda being okay with them. But um, I, I I really enjoy it because. You know, you can you can utilize, you know, real life sports, which is you know Ronda's career, and real life happenings, and uh, and and involve them and weave them into your storylines, and it and just makes things more uh, legitimate to me because you know when you keep everything in the WWE universe in this like fake world of like nothing but things that you can see through. Then you mix a little bit of that like real life and you take a step back and you go, whoa, you know, this is actually something that really happened. Ten percent of me, you know, 90 percent of me is pretty sure that Ron is okay with it. But there's that little 10 percent that I wonder, did Becky kind of like dig in a little bit more? Like, you know, you start thinking like that. And I think that's that's great for for what they're doing. 
Yeah, no, I mean, all all best, all the top angles have some base of some kind of reality, right? I mean, that's what gets people hooked in. That that's a little bit of reality and makes people question, and that's the that's the stuff that hooks you. So yeah, I hope these people are believing it. And the key is to take whatever they're doing on Twitter and feature it on the television. You know, like sometimes people think, oh, everyone's on Twitter, but they're not really on Twitter. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, Twitter's such a small percentage of of people that are following it. It's like most of the hardcore, right? But like, bring it out to the open, bring it to the on the show, so the the casual fans not on Twitter follow, you know, follows this stuff and get them involved. And that's just it just adds to it. You know, it's Twitter is a good use for storylines and angles, but if you're not using it on TV, it doesn't you can't get the full impact of it. So this changes what we had been talking about with Charlotte and Ronda being a possible WrestleMania main event. We now get this match at Survivor Series, but if you're going to keep Ronda and Becky hot, Charlotte has to be a little bit of the sacrificial lamb here, don't you think? Yes, but Becky's not clear to wrestle. Is she clear to interfere? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how what she can do physically. If she can get involved, is she, will she be a distraction? Becky has to show up. She has to show up to Smash, right? She's not off the show, so like she's gonna have to show up somewhere, cause a distraction, cause Ronda to not lose or get I don't know, get disqualified, counted out, whatever it is. I mean, only, only people are really going to like to finish this match, but I don't think you should beat either of those girls, you know. Mm-hmm. I want to beat Ronda. I want to beat Charlotte. Could you, I mean, could yeah. you could you do somewhat of a of a disqualification or like a standoff where Shayna comes out and then Becky comes out to to make sure that Shayna doesn't get involved and then there's a little bit of a, you know, a standoff or a, or, or some, some disqualification of some sort or double disqualification or double countout or something. I think if you leave fans with this idea that Charlotte and um, and Becky are kind of, you know, uh, have each other's backs, and then Ronda, everyone knows about her crew. Like, I think you could, I think the fans would be okay with not having a decision in that match, but it's got to be something hot. You know, it can't just be some random waste of, be, oh, because we can't figure out what the finish is, thus, you know, we're going to do something dumb for no reason. What if, like, you know, Becky's out there trying to distract Ronda, but out comes Nia to go get Ronda, but Becky, and also Becky's in the way, and, of course, the history named Becky, she tries to swing at Becky, <laughs> Becky ducks, hits Ronda. <laughs> you know, some kind of craziness like that. I mean, I'm not saying that that's good. I'm just saying, like, I could kind of see something like that happening with Nia Jax getting involved as well. Yeah, they could do that. They could do that, too, especially if, like you said, they, they kind of want to, Save Shayna for a little while longer. Um, well, don't forget they're going to do Nia Ronda. Yeah, so. I think they. I think they're going to do that match um, soon enough. Hopefully, I would love to see Ronda live. You know, because I'll be at that TLC show. I think it'd be a bummer if she's not. If she, if Ronda's not there, I'll be a little bit. Uh, she'll out. be there. I think. So. I uh, think she'll be there for sure. I hope so. Um, okay, so uh, Survivor Series is this weekend. I mean, those are the main matches. You have the the Raw versus SmackDown thing, and I think the whole thing about that is Braun needs to, you know, if Braun leads his team to victory, then he gets basically, you know, whatever he wants from, you know, 
gets a shot at Brock, gets to call the stipulations, all that, all that jazz. Um, and, you know, Shane is on the SmackDown side, so there's probably going to be something there as they continue to turn him. You know what I noticed when I was watching uh, SmackDown? Shane, uh, you know, we already know that Shane's, you know, he, he's like the silver fox. He's got he's got the silver hair going on, but it's getting a little it's getting a little thin up there. I didn't notice that until just recently. So that guy soon the guy's going to have to figure out uh, figure out the haircut pretty soon. Um, because, you know, he's already the Silver Fox, which I think people are okay with, you know, him being a little bit older because he's, he's a star, but he starts losing the hair a little bit. And I'm not sure if you can continue to push him as like your, your big star on SmackDown. So hopefully they, they have something figured out there, but, um, yeah, so, you know, he's the crown jewel champion. He is. is. Uh, okay. So, uh, so anything on, um, takeover, that uh that you're you're looking forward to i i I personally haven't kept up with the week-to-week nxt shows and that's my bad because you know i know week-to-week it's probably the best u.s wrestling show um but uh you know out i mean there's going to be a great match at war games um and they've they've you know uh, johnny gargano and daniel bryan sort of have the same uh, storyline going on right now um but uh but yeah so is there anything uh, for takeover that you're looking forward to Nothing, nothing stands out. Um, but I'm just, I mean, I'm looking forward to the show because I, they always deliver for takeovers. Always deliver, so I'm, I'm, I'm just looking forward to watching the complete show. Like I like you, I haven't really kept up with the NXT show, which is my bad too. But it's like hard to fit everything in, you know, especially with the family, and it's just, it's just hard, you know. But. uh we definitely probably should get on the ball with that again because there's some they probably some cool stuff coming up. Especially they do the full horsewomen stuff. I think it's uh, we should definitely tune in and maybe maybe review it every week or every other week or something like that. Kind of cool. Yeah, we'll, we'll try to fit it in. I mean, you know, with the new Facebook group and we're sharing like a, a lot of these matches. I think we also want to do like you know the the match you know that maybe people haven't heard about or the one that people are talking about, and we'll do that later in this show and, and probably in a little bit with uh, the a kid versus Zack Sabre jr. Which kind of caught fire last weekend. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second, but um, so war games is, uh, is ricochet Pete Dunn and the war Raiders against uh, the undisputed era. The, uh, the championship, the match for the title is Champa against Velveteen dream, uh, Shayna and Kari Sane two out of three falls, which that's, that's pretty interesting uh, as far as, you know, how they put that match together. Uh, I, I, I do wonder how long that they go there. And then uh, Alistair Black and Johnny Gargano. So they're only going with four. And I think Riddle against Chris Hero is going to be like the dark match that'll be taped for the following week's NXT. So they're only going to go four, have four matches, which tells me that that War Games match is going forever. Yeah, probably gonna go at least thirty minutes. Um, yeah, I'm curious to see what time Kyrie and uh, uh, and Shana get. That'd be interesting to see because uh, that could be. Eh, it all depends how they have it laid out, but it could be could be a tough on them if they go. I don't know. I think go like fifteen minutes. It should be. They should be fine. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think Velveteen Dream and that that match should get a little. It's gonna get a lot of time. Um. Yeah, I understand. Uh, Hero and yeah, Hero and Riddle are on the 
to show after. Well, that's they'll take before, but then they'll show it on the week after, which you know I was kind of bummed because I really wanted to see Riddle on Takeover, but also Monday he's not going to be sounds a TV taping either. So it's just a bummer because I was hoping to see Riddle live. Never seen him live, and uh, seen him plenty of times on on video, and he's, he's fantastic. And I just kind of want to see how he was in the live setting. But you gotta wait until next time to see that. So what's what's interesting about that is he and Hero were gonna be at the WrestleMania um, launch party, but they canceled it because of the weather, and they 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 those guys are still not gonna be in San Jose for the tapings. So they they're kind of stuck out on the East Coast. They were they were booked for that appearance, but the but they had to cancel that event because of weather. So uh, and and you know WrestleMania tickets did go on sale today. Uh, I, th- I'm definitely going to be out there. I think you're going to try to be out there though. I don't think I'm going to WrestleMania this year. I didn't go last year either. Um, so much oh, stuff, I'll be out there. so much stuff going on that, that whole weekend to where WrestleMania is really not the main thing for me anymore. Whereas, you know, 10 years ago, like actually 25, yeah, almost 10 years ago, um, you know, that was like the main thing. Like, oh, yeah, you got to see WrestleMania live. But I've seen it live, you know, a bunch of times now, and it's like a seven-hour show now, which makes it kind of hard. But, uh, but yeah, and so... Plus, with, like, a, with the stadium show, too, it's like, once you have a good seat, it's kind of, like, better to watch it at home, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. In my opinion. Like, when I went to WrestleMania 2015, you know, my, my friends got me a package, and it was, like, the one of the WrestleMania package where, like, they actually sit you, like, right, you know, angle, you know, right square to the ring yep. and you're you're elevated and it was like perfect like i'd have to look at the big screen at all like i saw everything right there in front of me so like if i had those kind of tickets again yeah i'd, I'd go to wrestlemania but without those kind of tickets i'm not sitting at the boonies to watch the big train i'd rather be at home comfortable and and watch it there you know so uh yeah but we will be at the uh the madison square garden show so hopefully they uh they start putting matches together for that show so we can kind of see how that lays out um, but uh, you you mentioned it earlier. We're, we're we will be at the San Jose NXT tapings. They're taping two weeks of TV, so not the full TV tapings. I don't know what else is on that show, but you know there hasn't been. We've been to we've been to a couple different uh, NXT shows at San Jose, and, and it's always been really fun. So uh, I'm looking forward to that, and we'll we'll talk about that when uh, on next week's show. But um, are you are you looking forward to senior senior buddy Tom, the NXT referee? Oh, that's the main event right there. Your your old your old road dog. I know. I I I don't know who's sitting next to me, but <laughs> here's my feet rolling. As you know, I've known I've known to do. <laughs> uh, now nah, that's fine. That's the main event. That's why I'm there to see Tom Caster live with the WWE stripes on for the first time, and I'm gonna be beaming with so much pride and proud proud of that guy. Just like see him do his thing under the big the big light so i am super pumped for that because uh i mean the show's gonna be great you know like i've never been to it i haven't been to an nxt show yet that's been kind of like anything but like really really good so so um i'm not i'm, I'm actually i'm kind of cool i don't know the matches it's kind of so let it happen as they yeah. come out I think yeah it's fun. i'm just gonna really, i'm just gonna lay back and enjoy myself and enjoy what you know Tom has accomplished, and it's going to be a it's going to be a really good night, and uh, I can't wait. I can't wait for tomorrow. So I, I was with you when Jeff Cobb 
uh, <laughs> was in the Cow Palace uh, working for New Japan. And I imagine when you see Tom out there doing his thing on on the you know on that at the San Jose State Event Center, I imagine it's going to get a little dusty in in the arena there. Yeah, it might. There might be a little dust. You know, the 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 fog the fog machines are going to be <laughs> too high for me, and I have to rub my eyes a little bit. But uh, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be freaking awesome seeing him out there, and he's gonna he's gonna perform like top referee that he is he is the best i've ever seen um worked with i mean there's a reason why you know tom when i was booking and tom was working shows i was booking like the reason why i gave him such important matches because you know because the referee is as important as those two wrestlers or four wrestlers or whatever mm-hmm. how many wrestlers in the ring like like Premier when I booked Shayna, right? Shayna and Colleen Schneider, like, like you know, Shayna really only had a couple matches under her belt. Colleen really had no pro wrestling experience yeah. at all, but, you know, they could do the, you know, the UW5 work, quote-unquote, shoot-style matches. But I wanted Tom in there because Tom's a really good communicator with talent. Like, you know, with the, and even in a, such a small building that I had at the Portuguese Hall, like, Tom could without anyone noticing, Tom can communicate with them, let them know. And um, it's just kind of cool that now, you know, Tom's, you know, referring Shane's matches and, you know, from that. So, it, you know, it's, it's going to be, you know, that's what he's like, like I said, he's the best, man. I mean, I mean, when I grew up, it was Tommy Young was my favorite referee, right? He's yeah. The best. And, like, and then uh, then later on, like, Tom, like, Tom was, I mean, I've, I've been, like, a ring with him many times and, and like he's probably better worker than half the people he ref the matches with. I mean, you know, like he can call a match, he can uh, call a good finish. Um, so he's pretty talent. He's a he's a real t- super talent. So WWE's, I mean, that was a great hire by then. And then, you know, referees are they don't get enough love, right? They mm-hmm. really don't. They're like the like the linemen, the offensive linemen in the football team. Like, you know, they. You don't hear about them when they do the job well, and that's referees. That's what they like, you know. They don't want the praise. They just want to go out there and not be seen, but just help the match out. And they're not going out there looking for chanting their names. They just want, you know, they want to go out there and and add to the great talent in the ring and just, and like I said, enhance the match. So, trust me, you've seen if you see a good referee, you'll know a good referee. See a bad referee, you'll definitely know a bad referee. There's, there's tons and tons of bad referees out there. Probably hundreds of bad referees out there. But when you see a good one like Tom Caster, you definitely know. And then the wrestlers themselves, no, you know when you're good when the wrestlers request you. And I used to get all, all the time: Is Tom doing a match? Is Tom doing a match? Can Tom do a match? I'm like, guy, I have like four referees. Have <laughs> Tom do all of them? He can. You know, he could do a whole show, no problem by himself. But I got to spread the love with all these referees. So, but uh, but I made sure I had Tom in the, the right matches in the right position. So, all right. So um, let's talk about a match that kind of blew up over the weekend, but was actually uh, it actually happened in April, I believe, of this year for White Wolf Wrestling. Zack Saber Jr. against a kid. Um, 
It is. It's from Spain. I don't know exactly what the arena is, uh, but I, this, this match just kind of showed up over the over last weekend. Uh, you know, to the masses, I'm sure other people had had seen it or had talked about it uh, before. But what did you think about that young local babyface, the A Kid? They have a horrible name, but <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I did like that. I did like the match. Um, I thought it was really good. Um, I thought A Kid did really well, especially on the mat. I like loved his speed. I loved how he would uh, counter. I like how Saber actually gave him some counters. Like, sometimes I've seen Saber just eat people up. Yeah. And this time around, he actually really uh, he so he you know he let A Kid get on him a little bit in the beginning, which I liked, and um, I enjoyed the speed that he had. Um, I think. Would you? I mean, I thought the match was really good. I. Some stuff I had issues with it, and it's just being me being nitpicky. Like, I wasn't hot on the finish. I think the Spanish fly was enough mm-hmm. for the for the three count. I don't think Zack Saber needed to kick out, and then the super kick. Like, there's no there's just no need for the super kick. Like the the Spanish fly, which is like the biggest bump of the match. Like that was that was it. You know that should have been the finish. Um, I thought there was probably one or two too many double downs. Uh, in the match. I know it was a longer match, but Jesus, like, you need like four double downs in this match. Yeah, yeah. And also, the strong style, strong, I call it the strong style exchange, you know, where you, you know, you give me one, I get one, you yep. know, that kind yep. of thing. That also happened like four times this match. Like, <laughs> yeah, It yeah. just kept losing, it just kept losing its, its, its effect when it, four times in towards the end. And it kind of like, I think it kind of lengthened the match that, a little too long that it needed to be. But, you know, other than that, I mean, that's just me being nitpicky and, you know, just having my, like, you know, just overanalyze the match head on, right, when I watched it. But other than that, I thought it was good. I mean, the shit, the crowd was tough for it. Um, um, Saber was fantastic, I thought, as a heel. He did, like, his, I like, I like the Saber a lot, the subtlety of, like, you know, does out there, his work and, you know, ground heat, little couple, little... <laughs> little like just digging in the body and just you know i think this was really cool i thought I mean, like i said that was a really good match i had about four and a half stars i mean that was that was pretty fantastic so did you notice saber's gear yeah i guess he lost it or something <laughs> he's, he's wearing like basketball shorts i thought that I thought was, was funny cool, though no it was cool it's totally cool i liked it actually i was like oh it's kind of a it's kind of a cool thing especially because he's a little bit bigger than than uh, a kid so uh, he was able to be a little. Yeah, he looked like a big guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so a. But also, like, like they did like the MMA style, right? The grappling and yeah. like you know, of course, when we watch MMA, like they're never in shorts, right? So like, I mean, he didn't look bad, you know. Yeah, no, I thought it was bad at all. So I just didn't like the vinyl ring, dude. Like, come on, man! I hate <laughs> vinyl mats. Just can't. I just don't. Just it looks so cheap. Like, get a real freaking ring. <laughs> I don't know. I just didn't like that at all. So the A kid is—I keep calling him the A kid. A kid, uh, he is all of twenty-one years old. Um, wow! And, uh, and and so I think his, according to his Twitter page, uh, his his name in in quotes is El Nino Anonimo. So I wonder if his wonder if that's his first name. I don't I don't know. But um so okay, so here 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 are my my thoughts on what you just said. So 
I think that the problem is that, you know, we're watching this on a YouTube stream and we're not in the actual building because some of, you know, you talked about, you know, them, you know, knocking each other down at the same time and, you know, just the over, uh, it seemed like, you know, the, the match could have ended, you know, before it did. What I wonder is if that's them kind of vibing off the crowd because that crowd was so damn hot and they were slapping the the mat. They're so close. Like, you know, luckily these guys didn't do anything to the outside because, um, you know, it's not really exact saber match. But, you know, they're so, the fans are so close. There was one part where I think Zach swung his foot a little bit and it almost hit someone in the face. And I think he realized that, oh, shoot, like they're like really close. But I, I do wonder if some of that, you know, some of the, you know, maybe the kick out after Spanish fly was, oh, you know, I think we I think we got him for, for one more. Like, let's do one more. Or, or maybe yeah. maybe maybe the whole thing was to set up the super kick. Like, I don't know enough about a kid. Maybe maybe that's his uh, maybe, maybe that's his finish. But, you know, so that that's what's a little bit hard to tell when you uh you know when when you watch a match on TV and you don't really know the guys uh to to you know it could have been something where they just felt the crowd okay that we need to give him this or whatever so i i agree with you cuz watching it watching it on video i thought exactly the same thing but um but you know i want to give them that benefit of the doubt cuz they're working for a live crowd versus for a TV show or whatever right so uh, I the thing I like the most about a kid is he was a great baby face. Like I said, that local baby face. Um, and I thought he was so expressive in his body movements, like everything he did. And some of it was a little bit over the top, but everything he did, I could tell whether he was hurried or whether he was frustrated or whether he was tired or whether he was um feeling it you know just through his movements and his facials like he didn't have to say any of that stuff and i thought he i thought that stuff was really good i also like the way that his he just he just moves like you know some of it may have been the the ring or the ropes or whatever but there were some moments where you know he's on fire and he hits a move and he's just flying halfway across the ring yeah. and his momentum is just taking him right and you know he he just lets it and then he gets into the next thing it it just looked like real athleticism in 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 that match and um there's another match that he, that he did with Ricochet from the year prior that's supposed to be really good too, but I imagine it's a little bit more of like the high spot, you know, crazy reversals and 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 counters and and you know kind of stuff that you always see on the indies, which uh, which is why like the Zach match was pretty good because there was some of that, but it was also Zach's you know Zach's style, Zach working his style and and a kid working his style to to counter to counter it. So I, I really liked it. Um, I imagine that guy is. Uh, we'll probably see him somewhere WrestleMania weekend, don't you imagine? Oh yeah, I think he's gonna. He's definitely gonna blow up from this for sure. Um, people are gonna start booking him, and you'll see him popping up on a bunch of posters pretty soon out here in the states. And good for him because I think he's a pretty good talent. Um, it's funny about the facial expressions. I, I, I wanted to see more fire from him, like with the crowd. Like I don't. I think a lot of. Like, yeah, he was good selling and everything like that and registering the pain and everything. But, like, I kind of want to see him look at the crowd and, and, and come on, guys, let's go. You know what I mean? Like, 
don't you think that's missing a lot when it comes to like pro wrestling? I mean, I'm not saying like. I think we see it like in, with like Tanahashi or something like that, mm-hmm. like the, the greats. But like overall, I think a lot of people miss the point. Like they're so focused on the spot. Yeah, the yeah, match. yeah. No, I like, totally agree with you. To like look, just look at that crowd. Get them engaged. Get them behind you. Pump your fist. Like come on, I need you. Like I, I want a little more of that from that kid, from the A kid, and uh, it just that's why I, I think I think the crowd would have went. Even eight, like even louder, because they're hot though for sure. Yeah. And you're right, like they could have pulled an audible out there, like, oh, let's kick out, and then he made a super kick. But you know, I think yeah, it's all learning curve, right? You go back and they watch it. They probably saw they're both perfectionists. They probably saw a bunch of things they thought oh, yeah. changed oh, yeah. the match, oh, right? Yeah. Uh, so I, yeah, but overall, it was definitely. I mean, I sent it to a friend of mine, and she she really liked it. And you know, she was like really raving about it. So, you know, it's 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 uh, it's um, it's really good. I think people should check it out. Go to the Facebook fight game page and group page, and uh, it's on there. So yeah, yeah, we we put it on there over over the weekend when it when it was on fire. No, I think it was like one of the kickoff posts that that we made. But to kind of go back to what you're saying is. I think the one the most famous version of that kind of match. Um, just be also because it was on Monday Night Raw would have been X Pac and Scott Hall, right? Like the, mm-hmm. he he was able he was able to get that crowd at a peak, or they were able to get that crowd at a peak to go, oh shit, he might actually win this match, and then you know, and then he uh, Sean Waltman was just so good at like you know, oh shit, I actually won this match. Now Scott Hall might kick my ass. So I got to run out of here, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but yeah, but like to that, I think that is probably one of the more, the more famous ones for, for, uh, for, uh, you know, wrestling fans in the U S to, to think about, about kind of what you're saying. Um, okay. So we're kind of out of time for the wrestling stuff. Uh, we, um, let's see, did we do an hour? I think we did an hour. Yep. So we, we're almost at an hour. And so if you are only here for the wrestling stuff, go ahead and tune out. But what we wanted to do is in the segment of uh, What's John Watching, we wanted to talk about a movie that John and I saw over the weekend, which is mid-90s, which is you know kind of right up our alley because you know, we were early, you know, in the early 90s, we were teenagers. And in the, in the mid to late 90s, you know, we were adults but um it was, it was a really good movie uh by jonah hill his first time directing and really a lot of it is is about you know sort of the skates using skateboard and skateboard culture as a way to show uh acceptance in in, in groups and such so um, we're going to talk about that for the next few minutes or whatever uh so not wrestling talk just wanted you know in case people are only here for that stuff but uh, yeah, we're gonna talk about uh, talk about mid '90s. So you had a perfect a perfect blend of mid '90s hip hop and uh, and skateboarding culture there. I'm I'm not too I'm not too into the skateboarding culture, but I mean it looked pretty legit because they had real skateboarders. You know, this wasn't just actors portraying people who could skate. But uh, what did you think about the movie? I really liked it. I loved it. Actually, um, I was engaged the whole like what eighty-eight minutes of the film. I I really got invested in the characters. Uh, 
I was kind of like on the edge of my seat towards the end because I thought we we're gonna have a boys in the hood moment or something. And, <laughs> you know, I just didn't want anything, nothing to happen to these kids. And um, I mean, I was a little bit in the skateboarding culture, but this is actually more towards the like the early, like late, not early, early late eighties. Mm-hmm. I'm talking like you know the Krishna Soy, Steve Caballero, yeah, Tony Hawk stuff. Um, I was in that for a little bit. Um, but really, like, the mid-90s, it's not, like, my 90s. Like, my 90s actually, like, just can't hardly wait. Like, that's pretty much mm-hmm. my 90s. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I, I mean. That's basically my high school senior year is that can't hardly wait movie, uh, which is which is fantastic, by the way. Great movie. Everyone needs to watch it. Um, but I did enjoy I did enjoy the hip-hop of the, because my favorite hip-hop for the, is in the 90s. And, like, we're just, before the movie started, we're talking. I'm like, I hope I hear, you know, Souls of Mischief, just <laughs> how we chilled 93 Till. Mm-hmm. And I hope I hear Farside. And sure enough, like, those two songs were, like, featured in the movie. And, like, I had that Farside song in my head for my last, like, couple of days until I heard Kara Switzer by George Michael. Now I can't get that song on my head. But anyways, but, uh, <laughs> but it's just, like, you know, I... I thought it was pretty good, and, and I'm looking to see what Joe Hill does next, you know, with a little bigger budget, and I kind of hope he kind of sticks. He'll probably stick with the the indie level for a couple more films, but it always it always interests me to see, like, a, a filmmaker go from, like, a smaller budget indie film to, like, a bigger budget, because I think it's, like, it's a whole overwhelming process to do a big budget film, so... Whatever he does, a big budget film, I'm definitely gonna check it out. See how he does with that. But when it comes to like his style of filmmaking, I I, I loved a lot of the shots he did. There's a really cool shot of the kids skateboarding in the middle of the street down. And it's like a long a long shot. Like they're coming close to the camera. I just thought that was just just a beautiful shot. I, I, they did it twice in the film, and I I, I liked it. I liked that one. And I, you know the the stunt, the filming of the stunts was pretty cool and. Yeah, I think it's, it's definitely worth checking out. I'll probably be out of theaters soon because you know, it doesn't last too long in theater. But, you know, it's worth on demand rental or Redbox rental for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so what did you think of the idea of, you know, really he cast, uh, you know, non-actors uh, who probably have an acting career now as the main the main stars of this movie? Like just, you know, he wanted the skateboarding stuff to be... Uh, as true to life as possible, and and he, I am assuming he just figured like he could get good performances out of these kids. Yeah, he accomplished that because I thought uh, Ray was pretty good, and the little kid was was uh, the main character. I thought he was, you know, he was he was he was fantastic. You know, you kind of just like you got you want to root for that kid and take hold of that kid and hug him, you know, and. and Make sure everything's gonna be all right, and you're kind of like getting all nervous when he starts making some poor decisions. You're like, I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know. yeah. But uh, you know that, that uh, but yeah, that, that, I think that's that's cool. And then that's this is that's a cool risk to take. And I think he, you know, he didn't pick the first kids he saw. He definitely interviewed probably a lot of kids, and and I thought he picked the best. And you know, fourth grade was pretty hilarious. I like how they his character a lot. <laughs> and, um, yeah, there's like, like I, I kind of, I'm definitely going to watch it again. I know uh, Katrina was supposed to come see with us and things got kind of crazy. And but I think, uh, when it comes on demand or 
rental, I think I'm going to have her watch it with me. Cause I, think, I think she would have really enjoyed it. You know, I, I, she wasn't really too hyped to go see it originally. But I think she would have watched that film. She would have she would have ended up like, you know, that was pretty cool. She usually does that. She just, she's like, she's kind of skeptical, but once she sits down and watches it, she ends up pretty much enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, the uh, you know there were there were some actors in there as well that that people may remember. Lucas Hedges is uh, is in it. He plays the older brother. A little bit of uh, you know a little bit of the antagonist for for a lot of the movie, especially for the for the little kid. Um, and uh, and and he's kind of he he's just had his you know a few movies that uh, I think he was in Lady Bird. And then uh, he's he's coming out with a couple other movies. Uh, Boy Erased is it looks like it's really good. He was also in Manchester yeah. Sea. So he's kind of you know, and we all we I mean we saw him in Three Billboards too. So he's on the come up, and uh, and and I imagine he's going to be doing big things, and he's going to have this one on his resume too. So that, I think that's pretty cool. Where you you know for Jonah Hill, he he casts these young kids to do skateboarding stuff, and he kind of turns them into actors. But he also, in his back pocket, has got someone like Lucas Hedges who can kind of carry all of that stuff, you know, all the scenes that he's in, and uh, and and you know, it's it was it was good to have that sort of contrast of like these young, green kids, and then you have this, you know, this also, you know, I mean, I think he's like twenty one years old, but uh, but he, you know, he he kind of he 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 was like the veteran, he was like the veteran, you know, the the veteran <laughs> worker of the match for that for for those scenes. Well, if you if you remember, like the previews for the movie, like he's in two trailers back to back. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like uh, the one was that the the like a boy raced, and the other one was a Julia Roberts movie, which kind of like that one like kind of pulled on my heartstrings. The Julia oh, Roberts yeah. one, then the boy oh, yeah. race, the boy race trailer hit, and I was like, oh man, that that you know started hitting me a little bit. So I'm like, I'm kind of I'm not really a big Julia Roberts fan. I really don't watch her movies, but I'm kind of interested in that one because. There's a scene with her and him in the in the cemetery, and he's a troubled kid. It's troubled kid. It's her, it's her son, and she's basically like, "Don't like you want to be in there, you know?" And it's yeah, just like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, this. I flash to like, how my kids gonna be? Like, oh yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, I don't know. I just, I, all that stuff hits me now hard, and uh, and so. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of hyped for those two movies. On that, I mean, we should go see them. Boy, Race, I might just that 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 looks that looks hardcore, man. I don't know. Actually, I want to see it, but I don't want to see it. Yeah, I feel like it's really gonna just so piss many... me off. I want to go in there and start ripping <laughs> the screen open. Cause I'll be like <laughs> on the edge of my seat, you know. With that yeah, one, lots so. lots of mixed emotions for that one. Um, okay, so a, I'm a little offended about your uh, your your Julia Roberts slander there. My best friend's wedding is like one of my top fifteen favorite movies of all time. And uh, Julia Roberts, oh no, man! <laughs> Julia, like, I I get it if you think she's she was a little bit overrated in 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 like that mid to late nineties where she was like everybody's cup of tea, but like she's like a movie star. Like, how, how many of those do we have left? Like. She's someone who, when you know, I when, when never you, found her attractive, man. Okay, but if okay, so that that's fine. That's fine. She she may not be your but type. I wouldn't kick her out of, I kick her out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> but but you don't I'm find just saying, her, I never found her attractive. But you don't find her to have like any magnetism whatsoever on screen. No. God, she's to I'm me. Like, to me, she's turn like, off for me. Like if I. 
He's the avoid Julia Rod. I don't think I'm there. I don't think the last Julia Rod from you I've seen. I'm like, ugh. She's in this. Oh, Barry Oates is 11 or something like that when she showed up. She's like uh, Tom, right she's like Tom Cruise to me. That that's how I, I like. I don't rank her like you wouldn't necessarily rank her in like the best actresses. She's never gonna win best actress at the Oscars. Just like Tom's never gonna win best actor. But when you see them on the screen, they like maximize mm-hmm. their screen time. Like um, I remember, gosh, this was years ago. Um, so my kids, you know. They're you know now they're they're still teenagers but they were like you know thirteen fourteen fifteen and you know all the Marvel movies were were going crazy I felt like we were seeing a um, a Marvel movie like every every other month right you're just going to see all these Marvel movies and so my worry with them was that they would see um, you know, all these Marvel movies and think, okay, this is what filmmaking is about. Like, this is exactly like Mm -hmm. how you make a movie. It's just all these CGI shots and all these, you know, superheroes and and all that stuff. And I said, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take you guys to see a movie. Now, it's not going to be boring. I know for sure. It's not going to be, but it's also not going to be one of these movies where it's like, Everyone is saying this is the best movie of all time. It's going to be a movie that you want to see on the big screen at the at, at the at the um, at the theater. So in 2014, I take them to see Edge of Tomorrow. I didn't know if it was going to be good. I'd heard of, that it was good, but I was kind of hoping because I was like, oh, now I'm going to take them and this movie sucks and the, they're going to lose. I'm going to lose them for what a real movie star is. And so we, we watched the movie and I'm I'm like hyping it up. I'm like, I wasn't even calling him Tom Cruise. I was calling him Tommy. I'm like, look, Tommy is going to just destroy on the screen. This is a real movie star. Like, he's like five foot seven and a half in real life, but on the movie screen, he looks like he's about six five. Like, this is what a movie star is. He just looks I gotta huge. Get, I got to get in film. <laughs> look like I'm six five. <laughs> and so we watched the movie, and the movie's actually really good. So we get out of that movie. And I go, so what'd you guys think? And they're like, wow, he's a, he, that was a movie star. And so they got really into it. So now whenever I, you know, well, we go see the, the, a lot of the rocks movies too. Um, but if I tell them, I go, look, I know you don't know what this movie is. I know it's not in your lane. It's not comic book. It's not, you know, slapstick comedy, but trust me on this one. They trust me because they, you know, because uh, of this Tom Cruise movie, so the you know Julia Roberts, I feel is not on Tom's level, but as a movie star, I think she projects and she looks like she's somebody. Like if you saw Julia Roberts walking down the street, even now, you know, as she's a little bit older and maybe a little bit less out of limelight, you would see her and you go, I not I might not know who that is, but. I kind of feel like she's probably important just the way that she walks and carries herself and she's kind of tall and she's, you know, she's probably somebody. I think you, I think you can do that with people like Julia. Um, and, and I think that's what separates, you know, the movie stars from, you know, just people who, who are cast in, in roles. I, I think Julia is definitely one of them. So that was a long-winded way of saying, don't be dissing my girl, man. I did see that Valentine movie. Oh, that that see. one was bad. <laughs> <laughs> that I mean, was I, really the next bad. screen I would go see the theater, but uh, I just I don't know, I've never seen it. I never seen her like on a movie be like, 
I have to see that movie. I never. I just don't ever have. You need to, to watch. That you, you need to watch my best friend's wedding. What's it called? My best friend's wedding. Okay, L- let me give my you a little. Best bit. friend's wedding. I'll, I'll, I'll ask Katrina about that. Okay, one. this is so it's nineteen ninety seven. Um, it's Julia mm-hmm. in her prime. You have post mask Cameron Diaz. So like mm-hmm. okay. Oh, okay. pretty much at like the almost at the apex of Cameron Diaz power because she had a little bit of a run there, right? And then you have yeah, uh, yeah. uh, Dermot Mulroney, who's you know who cares? He, like he, he's okay. Um, Man, don't be just not Dermot Mulroney now. <laughs> no, he's I mean he's he's good, but he's not the reason why uh, why you watch this show right or watch this movie right. And then you have okay. uh, <laughs> uh, Rupert, Rupert, Rupert Everett, who's who's really good in the movie, but it's like okay. it's like a fu- like. If you watch it today with 2018 eyes, there's a lot of holes in what happens because it's sort of like right pre-internet. So it's kind of weird, like with computers and like what computers can do and stuff. But it's very, very, very charming. And uh, and right. if it like if your wife hasn't seen that movie, you guys need to watch that movie together. Uh, people shoot. Dave Dutra has been trying to get us to watch Love Actually for like nine <laughs> years. <laughs> well, well, I mean, is it now? Now is it a holiday movie? Because if it is, then you can watch it for uh, 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 this this holiday season. Because your wife is very much into the holiday season. Oh yeah, I'm looking at my three Christmas trees right now. <laughs> Actually, there's actually if you really count the little ones. There's like seven all together around this house. But uh, but yeah, we got the big tree. That's Chloe would call it the daddy tree. The and there's the mama tree and there's the Chloe tree, which is the kids tree. But Chloe, she staked her claim over her brother right now. She's <laughs> she's old enough so she can do it right now. He's he can't he can't he, he going does baby talk so <laughs> he can't defend himself. Yeah, she's she's gonna have she's gonna have rain for another probably another year and a half and then and then they're gonna they're gonna be they're gonna be dominating for attention so guess what happened i got home today i walk in the door katrina tells me chloe hurt herself oh no i'm like what i start panicking i freak out my heart sinks what happened i don't even see chloe well, where's she at is she at your mom's where's she at she's on the couch she hit her face on the cement Oh my god! Got a bandage across her nose. Yes, I know, I know. She's like sitting on the couch, all sad. <laughs> she didn't break anything. No broken nose or anything. She just kind of scraped her nose, like you know, perfect for you know, Christmas pictures. But yeah, it was, it was, it was. I guess I, it's hard to see her with that little bandage on her nose, man. This is my baby girl, you know, and I'm, and she's like, like she's like the beauty queen. Scars. She's like, don't mm-hmm. look at me. <laughs> I was like, Chloe, I just want to see, you know, just show it to me. And she's like, no. For a while, she just wanted to bury her head in the couch. Well, now but she's yeah. got a but story, she's though. And she's going to, she'll have a story. I told her. Yeah. Yeah, I told her, like, Daddy, you know, Daddy hurt his, you know, I hurt my head. And actually, I still feel the scar on my head. I had her feel it, and she thought I happened like today. So she's like kissing it. Oh, you did better, Daddy. <laughs> I'm like, cool. It just happened when I was a little kid. You know, I'm just telling you, like your mom got hit with the baseball bat in the head. Oh you know, shit! Like when she was a kid, like 
Yeah, I know. My mom was telling the story too. She got hit by a baseball bat. <laughs> well, we FaceTime my mom. We FaceTimed, you know, my father-in-law, my mom-in-law. So never had a chance to look at Chloe, and you know, she was. It was, you know, it's sad seeing her little face marked up, but yeah, she'll make her stronger. She's a tough girl. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's so heartbreaking, especially when they're small. Uh, I, I mean, I, I remember. Um, so my youngest who is going to turn 18 this weekend. We're we're actually going out to Tucson to visit his brother who's at the U of A, and then we're going to go catch a Phoenix Suns basketball game and drive out to Phoenix. But um, so this would be the year of 2005. So he was not quite five yet. We had just bought uh, a new, a brand new house in Gilroy. It was like it was so new that the the backyard like wasn't even landscaped yet, and so we had put in uh, his swing set. Him and his brother had their little play area, their swing set. You know the whole bit, the big old thing that you you know spend five hundred dollars on to put in the backyard. And so the backyard was not like I said, it's not landscaped yet. So he's swinging <clears throat> on the uh, on his swing. And I am in, uh, I think I was like in Mountain View or something, hanging out with a buddy. So I'm like, you know, an hour away. And he jumps off the swing and the ground was a little rocky. So what he didn't realize is that he basically, what he thought was going to be like a soft landing into some dirt was actually a crash landing into like a bunch of heavy rocks. So breaks his leg. And, oh, no. and, uh, and so, you know, then, you know, we get to drive to the hospital and see him. He's got this broken leg. He's in a cast. And you can imagine, you know, uh, a four-year-old or three and a half or whatever he was at that point who cannot be mobile. Like, his life is terrible because he can't get mm-hmm. up and just go and run. And he's got this cast all up his leg. And so <laughs> he learned how to... Uh, it was almost like a it was almost like a step backwards for him because you, you know you go from from rolling on your tummy to crawling to walking so he had to actually go back to crawling as as his form of getting around and so by the time that you know I don't I forget how long he was in the cast but by the time he was out of the cast like the cast had this like big hole like where the Achilles tendon is because he figured out that the fastest way to scoot with the cast on was where he was dragging like his heel a little bit and using his arms to kind of like push himself and like like that's how he he would uh, he would get around and so this is a big old hole in the back of his cast but man like the stuff that that uh, when, when kids are helpless like that you know and even you know uh, thankfully you know Chloe Chloe got scraped and she didn't like break an arm or like hurt her foot or something. But uh, but even that, like, you just feel so helpless. You're like, gosh, how come I didn't see that coming? And you, you kind of beat yourself up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, did, I know I did the same thing. Like, it happened, I was like, well, there's nothing I could do. You can't reverse anything, right? Yeah. It's just here, you know. And poor thing, you know, because she had the Band-Aid, we had to tell her, like, or, you know, Katrina was prepping her, and I was prepping her, too. Like, you got to take the Band-Aid off and you go to sleep because you got to air it out and put more near your you know, try to prepare, like, you know, what you need to do. Should not want with that band aid off, dude. <laughs> and like, I was avoiding doing it. I let Katrina do it because I'm like, all right, 
she's probably better than I am, and I think she did a good job. And then, and then actually, the scar didn't look cute. Like the, it didn't look as bad as I was expecting it. So she was making full recovery. But that's not my story for the kid story of the week, though. I do have a another one that's I think I think it's pretty hilarious. So I, I wanted to share with you. All right, we'll let we'll let you wrap up the podcast with your last story. All right, so you know, like of course, I watch a lot of you know Japanese wrestling, as you know. Right, so I'm sitting there like on the recliner, had my phone watching some recent Japanese wrestling, and Chloe comes up to me and she's like, "Daddy, what are you watching? Are you watching Spanish?" <laughs> <laughs> and I know, and I go, "No, it's Japanese wrestling," and I show her that I watch it. She goes, is it Spanish, Daddy? I'm like, no, it's Japanese. They're speaking Japanese. And the reason why she kept saying she's saying Spanish is because she watches the kids' YouTube app, and sometimes we'll catch her. She's watching like some cartoon that's in Spanish. <laughs> and, we're like, and we're like, Chloe, this is in Spanish, you know? And she goes, no, I like it. And I'm just like, well, she's gonna be bilingual. That's good. It's good yeah. for her. No, another language. That's good for her. Totally. But it was good just for like her. it's just funny when she said. Daddy, you watching Spanish? I, <laughs> I just, I like right away. I'm like, that's the story I'm telling for the the podcast. Well, I mean, now, now, I mean, the next move is you put on some CMLL, and then when she comes back in, oh. then you go, this is Spanish. Mm, I'm gonna start some really good wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nothing against CMLL guys, but you know, I gotta start some good. Japanese wrestling. She was though the other night. I had to turn it off. Just this past Raw, I had a, it was the Ember Moon and not uh, it was Tamina mm-hmm. match, and she like got like kept getting closer and closer to TV, and I was like, and it got a little, it got a little violent for her eyes. So I was like, I, I turned it off, but uh, but man, she's not ready. She's not ready for that yet. But uh, she gets uh, when the lady's on there. She she she. She, your eyes go right to the TV, and she she takes notice. So, well, the, I, I know a lot of people don't like to show their kids wrestling when they're young because they think like that they start to simulate the moves. Uh, I mean, you just got to teach them kind of like, oh, well, this is not you know really what it is. Here's what they're doing. But I just remember uh, you know when my kids were were younger, I, I would let them watch. And, um, you know, they, they, they were very, I, I was very stern with them as far as like, okay, like you can't do this thing. Cause like, it's not, they're not really doing that for real. Like it, like they have a way to do it. And so, um, uh, the only thing that happened is, uh, they both threw really good working punches. <laughs> That's what's going to happen because you tell them, you go, okay, they're not really fighting. You can't really hit your brother. The the rock when he's punching Eddie Guerrero he didn't even hit he didn't really hit him he was just pretending to hit him and so they go oh I want to do that and like J, like JJ throws his working punch just like the rock and he even looks back at his hand on that last one and fires the right hand and then Brian's got to take the bump yeah like I've been watching remember I was talking about that Star Wars Resistance with you the other day. You know, it's more for a kid-friendly show. So I put it on today, and Chloe's watching it with me, and she gets into it. Well, you know, she gets into it, and and there's like this girl that they find this alien girl. Her name's Sonara. I thought it was Sonata, which I was laughing about, but it was Sonara. And I go, Oh, Sonara! I just say her name, and Chloe goes, Sonara. That's her name, Daddy. <laughs> yes, that's her name, Sonara. That's her name, Daddy. Sonara. Yes. 
She's a girl? Yes. She's a pink? Yes. She's pink. <laughs> Sonara's her name? Like, it was just, like, funny, you know? Like, she was, she was really into it and stuff. So, it, and that's a cool, that's a cool cartoon to watch there. And she, you know, she likes Star Wars and, you know. Maybe well, maybe so. maybe that'll get you to to watch it instead of be bored through it. No, I, I, like I said, I'm at, that it makes it fun. So I actually instead of watching it on my own, I'll just throw it on there when with her, you know, yeah. kind of like put it on, and, and it's cool to see your reaction and stuff, you know. Yeah. Well, we are headed to uh, the San Jose Event Center tomorrow night to see some NXT wrestling. We'll also have some thoughts, I'm sure on the Survivor Series and, and TakeOver. I'm going to have to figure out some when I can watch the TakeOver stuff because my schedule's a little wonky for the Same weekend here. with me being out in Arizona. But, uh, but yeah, and uh, we'll be back uh, next week to talk all this good stuff. So I don't think we'll have time to, to check out another flick between now and then to do our movie review. But, um, but anyway, so... Again, join the group, the Facebook group. Uh, we will, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get some really good discussions going in there. Hopefully for Survivor Series also. Uh, for those watching it live, I'll have a little bit of a, of, of a live thread for people who watch it and want to comment in on while it's going on. So, um, so yeah, so uh, for uh, John, I am Double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out.